0: Hey friends, Lisa Joe here. Before we even get properly started today, I'm popping in to sit down and give you a little P.S. Now, I know those usually come at the end of a letter, but here at the beginning, I wanted to let you know there are a few technical issues we had with Christy's microphone recording a couple of these summer episodes We're asking for grace and that you bear with us and love us anyway, even though there might be a few more crackles than we would have liked. Christy's on the road right now in Chicago and we weren't able to re-record, so I'm popping in with this disclaimer and a plate of your favorite summer fruit salad or maybe it's brownies that you like to bribe you into loving us anyway, here in the middle of our completely ordinary technical issues with a couple of these episodes. Thank you in advance.
1: Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Christy Purifoy.
0: And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And friends, this week we wanted to take a moment to thank you all for being with us as the show reached a quite surprising milestone. This summer, we crossed over one million unique downloads. And it's a celebration that, of course, you all made possible. Thank you for being a community that considers ordinary life as sacred as we do.
1: As we offer the final conversation in our summer party series, it feels important to acknowledge that we don't throw parties because life is perfect. We throw parties because, as a recent reviewer shared with us in her own words, she says, Christy and Lisa Joe's stories have pointed my heart to hope in a time of very real grief. I often listen while I tend to the cut flower garden in my small downtown backyard, planting the seeds as a reminder that beautiful things grow out of even the painful moments in our real, ordinary lives.
0: Christy, that gives me a lump in my throat since it brings me full circle back to our very first episode four years ago. That was about grass seeds planted in an old yogurt container on your small Chicago apartment balcony nearly 20 years ago. Here's to the God who is always growing the very best stories out of the soil of ordinary life. Get comfy, friends. Here we go. I feel like it's its own celebration this episode today because we have somehow walked our way through seven different party personalities. I really hope, listeners, you've enjoyed this series as much as we have. I have loved it. It has inspired me and made my mouth water. And if you haven't caught all of them, you're going to want to go back to the beginning. So we worked our way through these seven personalities who love to gather people in very different ways, starting with number one, the artist, Number two, the extrovert. Number three, the romantic. Number four, the introvert. Number five, the wishful thinker. Last week, we talked about the epicurean. And this week, our last week talking about party personality types is the connector.
1: And I think, Lisa Joe, this week's conversation will move in really almost an opposite direction from last week when we were talking about the epicurean. Because one thing I shared last week, which may have been a little controversial or took a moment maybe for our listeners to consider, because I know it did when I first heard it. But when I read this book called The Art of Gathering, she really emphasizes the idea of thinking carefully about who you will not invite to your party as a way to actually create a gathering that really serves the people who are there. Um, but this week is different. We're talking about the connector. So now we're talking about parties where the, the point of the party, the goal of the party of the gathering is to connect people across their differences. So I think one like paradigmatic party that comes to mind for me that does this is a family reunion. mm mm-hmm people who um, are connected and yet may not live connected lives. Maybe they live really far apart. They've lost touch. You have elderly people, middle-aged people, quite young people. You have multi—you know multiple generations. Like that's the essence of a family reunion. And so um, I think it would be good today to talk about parties, not where the focus is who do I leave out in order to create a really special gathering. This is how do we gather our differences? How do we gather and bring together and connect people who might not naturally connect or naturally have opportunities to connect? Um, and I have a feeling like this probably is important for beyond family reunions, but especially in summer, a family reunion party is like the essence of that. But actually let me start with a story from it had elements of family reunion, but actually um, on paper this was a book release party. And um, I'm going to share an idea something that happened there that was not my idea at all. I thought it was so brilliant um, so it's something I'm determined determined to replicate at future parties um, but Hi, my husband Jonathan and I, and you were there. We got to host a special book release party for our good friend Elrina Evans. Our listeners have heard her name before because she is um, our editor extraordinaire for Paper and String, our little monthly mini magazine that's like a care package from the Black Barn. And she also released a book in the spring um, a book of personal memoir and stories and prayers for um, families with kids who have special needs. So I think in like honoring that book, our book release party was for families and um, was for you know many ages. And so she thought very carefully, Elrina did, about how to make it clear both to parents but also to the little kids who might be there that they were welcome at this party and welcome in the space. And, um, and this is something else I've talked about in a previous conversation. I think it was the, the, um, the first episode, the artist, the garden party, about how I really always have this goal of, if I host a party at my home, of helping people move around the space and not feel like they have to just sit in some corner, but that they're welcome to, to roam around. So Arena had the idea to offer a scavenger hunt for the kids, with the help of their parents that would invite them literally through the act of running around searching to run around the property, to go wherever they wanted. Um, And so like some of the items were, how many chickens can you count in the chicken coop? And and I actually, I don't even know if I saw um, our friend uh, Amy Knorr and Allison, I think they wrote the scavenger hunt. Even know because I was so busy with other details, everything that was on it. I need to actually find out because I may be able to just use the same one again. But I know counting the chickens was hard. A few <laughs> little kids come up to me and ask like if their guess was right.
0: Oh, <laughs> did you? I wonder. Did you even know? Do you know yourself? Yeah, actually,
1: I didn't. I was like, um, that sounds right. <laughs> But the, I thought that scavenger hunt idea was so brilliant because it was something fun for the kids. It was geared to the kids. It had a little prize for them. And it meant that they you know, that awkwardness that can sometimes happen at a party where a lot of people come together who don't already know each other, um, it, gave people something to do and especially something to do with their young energetic kids rather than just stand around with them and try to keep them quiet or well-behaved. It gave them permission to just run around and explore, which is what we wanted. And the scavenger hunt was then like the way to do that um, and the way to kind of invite people into the space. And so I think that's the kind of thing that, that I'm thinking of when we talk about the connector. It's not just, although it could be, table conversation topics that connect people, like that could be it. But but this, I think, was an example of just how do you can curate a party experience that pays attention to the needs, the diverse needs of everybody who is coming to the party.
0: I'm so glad you started with Elrina, because one of the things I learned from that party, from that gathering, is that she, the the scavenger hunt is the perfect example of that. She is not someone who's trying to control either the people or the environment. Mm -hmm. And if you are trying to create connection, control is the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about people listening, but often what happens to me, particularly when it's a family type gathering, I feel welling up in me this need to try to control not just the party circumstances, but the people. And I know that that's rooted in an age-old insecurity in me of unstable family roots dynamics that could have flare up at any time and in order to feel safe, I want to control the people. I want to control how they behave because that's how I then know I can feel safe or secure. So I feel it welling up in me. And what was so interesting about being at Elrina's event is she has five kids. Um, several of them have special needs and she, Elrina, was the opposite of control. She was, I was just, floored. When we arrived, my 11-year-old was with me and arena just gave Zoe everything she needed to set up the art table with zero instructions. She's just like, here's all the paint. Here are canvases I bought. Here are brushes. Set it up any way you want. Like whatever. And Zoe looked at me and said, I can just do it how I want. And I'm like, I guess so. That's what Miss Arena <laughs> said. And Zoe had a blast setting up that table. And then arena did not hover at her shoulder saying, oh, that's so great. Let's just readjust this side, which is totally something I would have done. She didn't hover at the shoulder of children who were using the paint table. She designed the scavenger hunt, but then she wasn't telling people, go do the scavenger hunt. Oh, you've missed the chickens. She just was so open-handed. When she was doing her book reading for all of us, there was this beautiful tent John Christie's husband had put up. And it had a little dance floor, and Elrina danced. like She did this beautiful dance, sh- sort of sharing, visualizing through movement and music how she understood what it meant to pray to God about these kids who have special needs. And and during that whole moment when she was reading, when she was dancing, her kids were, and I I feel like I can say this since they're very similar to mine, almost like aggressively wanting to be involved in what she was doing (laughs) to the degree that I would have wanted to tell my kid, be quiet, like give them the stink eye. And she didn't, like she was, she invited her children in. There was just a complete... Absence, a surrender of control. And it has really stuck with me as I think about this summer. uh, Our whole family on the Baker side are all gathering together, renting a house in North Carolina. And then at the end of the year, our whole South African family will gather. And Christy, that both of those cause in me a deep level of anxiety. Like there's so much I cannot control about very strong personality types. And I think when you have a family gathering, there's the added pressure of it doesn't happen often. And so it has to be great. Like it has to live up to whatever it is. It has to be, as we would say in Afrikaans, it has to be food for the road that lies ahead. You know, I'm not going to see you again. Like I'm coming home to South Africa. We haven't been home in four years. And It has to be XYZ. And then I start to hyperventilate because I'm so worried that it won't live up to things. And then I want to micromanage and I want to control and I want to say who sleeps where. And we have to be in the nicest room because we haven't been home in years. And you better make sure we get to go to a game reserve and it can become very wee- wee wee, which is actually me, me, me. <laughs> and I even now am beginning the process of telling my heart to unclench its fists and try to let go of control in favor of connection. And I think Christ is the great example of what it means to lay down. He was constantly doing that. his his first description, that we have of him when he comes to earth is that he, it's my favorite translation, he emptied himself of everything he was entitled to. His name, his title, his power, his position at the right hand of God, like his kingship. He emptied himself of all of those things in order to connect with us. And uh in some ways for me, like Alrina really embodied that in a very visceral way that has taught me as I think about heading into family gatherings where I do, I want connection over control.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And maybe if we want, if connection is the goal and we want to connect, um, we have to like sort of give up our own preferences and we have to meet people where they are. So I know one, not so much a party, but a kind of gathering on our family schedule this summer is a day trip to New York um with my son and with um, my sister and her son so the two teenage boy cousins and I think if my sister and I were going to New York on our own well I know because we've done it before we would head to an art museum we would head to the Met maybe we'd go up to the cloisters we would want to see the unicorn tapestry like that's how we would spend our time and um of course the boys want to see the Statue of Liberty they want to see Times Square like places I could like miss give a miss um but since the goal is not to see the things i most love in new york city the goal is to provide to connect and especially to provide a chance for these cousins to connect because they see each other so seldom we'll we'll curate the day we'll do the things that are meaningful to them on this particular trip doesn't always have to be that way but like the goal of this is connection. So we're going to meet them where they are. And um, I think there's, so again, it's like, it's not a formula for every gathering. I know I shared in the very, going all the way back to the first episode, like the artistic personality, when I was planning my garden party says, here are things that are beautiful and special to me, and I'm inviting you into it. Um, and that's so valuable to do. But this is more like me going to where you are <laughs> and saying, I'm willing to sit with you, especially, gosh, I think about family reunions. And in my mind comes like lots of time outdoors where it's very hot, <laughs> sitting around chit-chatting and sweating. And maybe those are just my memories of like Texas family reunions. But <laughs> we're not like going and hiding in some air-conditioned room and reading a book, which would have been my preference as a kid. Um, but again, meeting people where they are in order to nurture those connections. So it's interesting that we've we've landed on this one i think this is our most um other centered most kind of selfless party personality ideally
0: ideally and it's i'll just <laughs> say it, it's difficult and if you're listening thinking like well practically what does that look like i can share you know i went home last year it's strange to think it's almost a year ago now i went home for nearly a month when um, my brothers were both sick and you know there's that instinct like i have to be with you i have to come and then you know conversely you imagine they are thinking yay i'm so glad you're coming come but of course the reality of family dynamics is that when your siblings are married when you have when they have their own children and their own family dynamics as much as they might love to have you you now are are actually you're not intruding, but now you are an additional factor in everything that's kind of happening in the universe of their family dynamic. And so part of what I learned is that it's it's always great to have conversations first and hear where are people at? Where do they feel supported? How can you communicate that I'm coming because I want to be of Of help to you. I want to love you. I don't want to be there just for me. I want to be there to help you. What does help look like? Does it look like just knowing I'm nearby so you could call out to me if you need help driving kids? Does it look like living in your house with you for a few days? Like, what does it look like to you? And so part of, part of being a good connector, I think, is being a good listener. And, and then being non-defensive, like being able to say, and one of the things we just, uh, said in our family is everybody gets to feel their feelings. Like we don't, we, and we are, we are promising to try to be, this is difficult, but unoffendable. Mm -hmm. And I think we live in a society that's very quick to take offense and in families also. But if we can say to one another, I commit to be, to be unoffendable, that means that that your siblings have permission to say, today's not a good day, please don't come over today, without having to explain it, without having to soften the blow, if they don't want to join you for whatever the dinner activity is, and they they get to say that. Um, and it gave us all just such a tenderness toward one another to just be deeply mindful of like, what does loving each other well look like in this situation? And for me, it was such a surrender of control and it made me feel vulnerable. But by the end, it really did make me feel like part of their families in really intimate ways because then… They were so delighted when I was around in ways that they needed that they realized, oh, we can need you more. <laughs> like, we want to keep keep having you help us and be with us and join with us. And and I think those experiences then build on each other. It's a kind of connective trust that you build when you say, I want to love you in a way where your needs are the thing I really want to hear and understand well so I can meet them. And I, and then it just becomes reciprocal, right? Like it, it does. Now, I recognize that we should probably mention family dynamics are not always healthy. There are families that have very difficult or maybe toxic dynamics where you need to have very careful boundaries. And in that case... I have friends who've shared, you know, when we get together for family gatherings, we don't all stay in the same house. Like we rent a hotel room and we get together for a meal or at the beach or at the pool. And there's, there's such wisdom in in that. Um, but I still think in those cases, that that is still out of a desire to connect in healthy ways as opposed to controlling how other people behave. Because that's something as anyone who's lived on this earth can tell you it's impossible to do we cannot control other people what we can do is control our own behaviors and in order to connect in meaningful ways um we can look for the healthy options whether that means making sure that there's plenty of space <laughs> that we're not you know in each other's physical space 24/7 and uh i do think though if connection is the goal we will find healthy ways to do it without Controlling. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I love that you mentioned like sharing a meal. I think one thing we realized, or I thought about after our first family reunion, um, one thing that you know was great about the space we rented a house is that there really was room for all of us, and no one sort of obviously had the inferior bedroom or like there was just lots of great spaces and they were different, and you know it it um, I think just helped us. Feel that sense of connection and welcome in the space that we'd chosen to gather. But one thing that was a little bit hard is that the dining room was like normal family size dining room, and we were not a normal family right. size. <laughs> we were quite large, <laughs> right. and so it meant that for each meal that we shared together, like we kind of broke off in different groups, right? So there'd be a group that can fit around the dining room table. There's maybe a group that's at the kitchen bar. Um, and you know, the rest of us sort of scattered throughout and it did cause me to do that thing. We talked about a few episodes back, the wishful thinker (laughs) where I wished and hoped and am planning toward an idea of a family reunion where even if we're all sort of scattered during the day, doing different things in order to meet the needs of different generations, my hope is that for meals or at least for like one meal a day we can gather in some place where we can all eat together. I think there's something, it's just something re- like something special about meals. I mean, it's true just an ordinary family life, right? Like I have older kids. We're all off in different directions all day long. Um, so even if we're eating takeout or some leftovers um, as often as we can, which isn't every night, but as often as we can, I do want us to at least sit down at the table together because something just happens in that space. You're, You're forced to see one another, to listen to one another, to share a little bit. And even if it's just a small moment in the day, it, it, I think, is just transformative in terms of connection. So that means I'm thinking ahead. And if we're able to host a family reunion, as I hope we will, maybe next summer, um, I'm already picturing like, okay, do we set up a tent outside with lots of folding tables? we all gather in the barn and make that space work? What does it look like to have a space where when we prepare a meal, we all get to sit down reasonably together in order to have those connections that, frankly, if if we're not doing it around a table, might not happen. Like you can kind of get through a day swimming and barbecuing and throwing the frisbee where you might connect with somebody, but not with everyone and not have that sense of family. So while it's not a requirement, it could be great, even if we can't manage it, it is something I noticed about our last family reunion that, again, wishful thinking, I hope maybe we can tweak and have a slightly different experience with the next family reunion.
0: And I think what a lot of families do, I know we have, and I've seen others do it in order to make those meal times manageable. Because when you've got like the not normal sized family, when you're all together is divvying up the responsibilities for meals. So what happens in our family is they assign each of the individual families certain meals that you're then responsible for (laughs) to help with that. And it's kind of fun too, because then that family gets to pick like what everybody's going to eat for that meal and cook it. And uh, we usually pick the tacos or the burger meal (laughs) because that's easy for us. Um, But it also gives a fun sense of responsibility. I remember our kids have always loved, oh, it's our meal turn, you know, like what are we're cooking for everybody tonight and um, a sense of shared celebration, but also shared responsibility. So it's not all the moms and grandmas and aunts in the kitchen doing all the cooking and cleaning up together. But um, we sure hope that after the series, you feel more connected maybe as you think going forward about family vacations or special trips or being able to create something that's just made up of your own artistry or wishful thinking and also knowing that it can look completely practical and pragmatic you know maybe it's just meeting up at a Dunkin Donuts every other month with two good friends whatever it looks like we just hope that you you know that you do have in you all kinds of unique gifts in terms of what gathering people to you look like. And the way you bring it to the table might be really different than how a friend would. Christy and I gather people in very different ways, but I'm glad we're not exactly the same. I'm glad that when the two of us are doing an event together, we each bring something different to the table. So we hope this series has really encouraged you as you think about what does it look like together and I guess on that note we also are excited about what's coming next week because we are we are fans of trying to figure out easy ways to make ordinary things you've always wanted to try simple like hacks for ordinary life and on that note I'll just say you're going to want to come back next week to see you know how to hack some things that uh, we think you might be interested in
1: That's right, it's one more summer series, and I'm really excited about it. Come back, friends, see you next week.